Hey everybody and welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. My name's Tim, I'm part of the Limitless team. I'm going to be your host for today. But before we get into this episode, I have some very very exciting news. On the 10th of October 2020, we will be hosting a free online training day for youth and children's ministry teams with John Mark Comer from Bridgetown Church speaking to us about digital freedom for a digital generation. We've got Pete and Laura Toggs, who are the founders of Hillsong Young and Free and global youth pastors for the Hillsong Movement, as well as Kenda Creasy-Dean from Princeton Theological Seminary. Those guys are going to be speaking to us about the new landscape of youth ministry in this new world that we're living in. So go to limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash oxygen to get yourself registered. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. But for now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We have a treat in store for you today because we have with us Laura Hancock once again. Welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much, Tim. It is an absolute joy to be here. Now, Laura is the head of national ministries at Youth for Christ. Is that close enough? Yeah, let's take it. Yeah, 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 that's great. Okay, and I just, I just want to, for sake of clarity for the listeners, just want to say that we didn't just try that, and I didn't just get it wrong. I got it right (laughs) first time. Of course, you did. Director of National Ministries. Yeah, that. I mean, that. I'll take that as well. What is it? What is it actually? What is it actually? It's director. Director. Yeah. Okay. Great. Director of National Ministries, and of course, you're a volunteer uh, youth leader on the team at Life Central Church. Yes, uh, I am. And you are part of the Limitless Directional Team as well. Yes. And, and you are a person who exists outside of what you do as well. So, yes, thank you. <laughs> Owner of a dog and wife of a husband. Yeah. All of those Fantastic. things. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so good to have you back. You're here today, Laura, because um, Youth for Christ have just released, uh, literally uh, a few days ago at the time of recording, some brand new research called yes. the Z to A of Spirituality. And yeah. I'm assuming that's because Gen Z to Gen Alpha rather than yeah. the graphic designer made like a what I did error there. that was... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you like, it's a play on words. It's a play on words. Yeah, too. yeah, no, very clever, very clever. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, so Z to A of spirituality. And there are uh, some fascinating findings that I think will impact our youth ministry as we explore them and, and examine them. Laura, you're here uh, to do that today. Now, what we're not going to do uh, on this podcast is go through... Uh, every stat, every finding uh, one by one, because the research is there uh, for you to do that on your own. So, so, so quickly before we get into it, Laura, if, if people want to see the, the full research and be able to pour over every stat, how can, how can they get hold of it for themselves? Yeah, so if you go to yfc.co.uk forward slash faith and spirituality, so that the full title of the research is Z2A of Faith and Spirituality, then uh, you can buy a paper copy from there. In time, it will be available as electronic download. We're not there yet. Um, so if you're wanting to look at it, if you pop along there, then you can purchase a paper copy. Um, as I say, eventually it will be available electronically, but uh, not quite yet. Fantastic. But what we are going to do today, Laura, is we're just going to go over some of the key findings uh, one by one and just explore what that might mean for us as youth leaders. Now, you um, helpfully, uh, as I saw you present the research, Laura, divided this up into four uh, kind of categories. And what we're going to do is we're going to take two uh, of those categories in this episode. They are spiritual awareness and the character of God. 
Uh, and then in the next episode, we'll have a little bit of a chat about prayer and experience and then the key influences on young people. But just before we dive into the first one, tell us really briefly um, like how you conducted the research, who you spoke to, how many young people. Uh, I, I know there's a whole load of detail on that, but just give us a brief overview of, of how the conversation uh, was done. Yeah, yeah. So we um, did the research through a professional agency. Uh, so it was an online piece of research where we asked just over a thousand young people from across Britain. So that is Wales, England and Scotland, a whole load of questions. Uh, they didn't know that Youth for Christ were the people who were asking the questions at the time. And so they didn't feel obliged to give an answer in a certain way. The young people did it blind, so they could just say whatever they wanted. Uh, we asked young people who are 11 to 18 years old. So there's a 50-50 split between 11s to 14s and 14s to 18s. There's also a 50-50 split in terms of gender, so male and female. Um, and then in terms of ethnic breakdown, uh, the breakdown actually was, it, the idea is it represents the demographic of the UK. So 84% of the young people who um, took part were, Brit uh, were white, and then uh, the remaining 14% were BAME, um, again, representing the breakdown of the UK. Um, yeah, so that, that was kind of how we did it. Um, I think as Youth for Christ, we've done lots of different bits of research in the past few years. Uh, and our first piece, we did a small section on exploring how young people view God and faith and spirituality. Uh, and this was always something we wanted to come back to and do a really big, like hefty piece on yeah. how young people who are unchurched and engage with God. So that's the other key for this. You know, it's young people across Britain, not church young people across Britain. So it gives us a slightly unusual insight yeah and I, and I noticed there was a really good spread as well you know from from different geographical areas yeah. of, you know pretty pretty even split right across the uk which i, I yeah. think was really really helpful as well all right well let, let let's get into it because there's some really really fascinating findings uh, let's let's begin to talk first about spiritual awareness and mm. what you discovered about the spiritual awareness of of young people uh, in the uk laura give, give us a few headlines and then maybe we'll pull it pull it apart a little bit yeah so um I think one of the big things for us in this area was that young people aren't shut off to the idea of uh, a being or a power greater than themselves existing. Um, a lot of young people just don't think about God, but I don't think that that means that they don't believe in a God or a spiritual realm. Um, it was fascinating, and we can talk about this a little later, but the amount of young people who actually believed in ghosts and spirits, uh, and that was almost their area of engagement around spirituality. Um, Lots of like, really positive uh, statistics around young people being interested in God and finding out more about God as well. Um, we asked a similar question a few years back and the results this time round were much more positive than before, which is good. Uh, young people identifying Jesus as a real person was really positive. Um, some fascinating stuff around young people knowing a Christian, uh, whether that Christian shares their faith with them or not, and then the effect that that has as well on the young people um was was huge and um, we've had some really interesting findings around the church as well uh which i think are insightful if nothing else yes they are so so let's let's break some of these down and find out what some of the actual statistics themselves were so so talk to me about the spirituality in terms of the spiritual experience and belief you mentioned about young people uh, uh almost quicker to believe it in, in ghosts and spirits than mm in the person of God. G give us yeah. the stat around that and let's just, let's just talk there for a minute. Yeah, 
okay, so th this was really fascinating for me. So um, when we asked the young people, uh, do you believe in any form of supernatural being or power greater than yourself, 51% said yes. Um, and then of those guys, we then asked, uh, which of the following, if any, do you believe in? 65% of young people said that they believed in ghosts and spirits, and 63% said they believed in God. Now, that's not too big a difference percentage-wise, but it's very interesting when you're looking to engage young people around the topic of spirituality. Um, in our youth club, we have a prayer space where it's really easy to talk about these kinds of things. And young people are very quick to talk about the paranormal, the supernatural, ghosts. Uh, and this, again, comes up throughout the, the survey, actually. I've seen dead family members. I've seen ghosts. I've seen an orb. And as youth workers, I, I don't know that we've even, like, how many of us would confidently say we've, we've thought through our theology on this, let alone how to have a conversation with young people about it and then talk to them about Jesus off the back of it. Um, yeah, that was something for me that was, a, that was a bit of a standout, really, and something that we really need to think through and engage in. Yeah, as you were sharing that information, I, I couldn't help but think about a phrase we've been using about Gen Z for a long time now, which is spiritual but not religious. Yes. Uh, and that seemed very much to be confirmed in what you were saying in the research there still, that yeah. this is a generation that's spiritual but not religious. And whilst there's a challenge there, there is also a really great opportunity, isn't there? Because there are there is an openness to to spiritual things and yeah. to spiritual uh, experiences. What was the stat, Laura, around the number of young people who said they had had some kind of spiritual experience, whether they whether that was a positive or a negative one? Yeah, so that was actually um, a smaller stat, those that said they had had a spiritual experience. I'm just um, going back and looking through. Scrolling um, through, lots of information. <laughs> I, I am, I am. I haven't got these stats uh, completely nailed into my brain yet. So. Of the young people that we said, uh, have you ever had a spiritual experience? Actually, 78% of them said that they hadn't. Um, right, okay. So it was a high percentage that said they hadn't. However, the ones that had, it was largely, well, there were positive ones, but the most popular answers were things like, I saw a ghost, it was scary, I've seen dead friends and family, weird, I felt something touch me, people talk about orbs, um, dark shapes and shadows. And... I think, depending on where you sit theologically with this, uh, I would personally say that, that that kind of spiritual experience can leave a negative imprint on you um, in all sorts Absolutely. of ways. So I think it's not even just knowing how to talk about this, but where maybe um, something spiritually negative has been given a foothold, do we then know how to deal with that? Do we, at a spiritual level, know how to enable Jesus to set them free from wow. some of the stuff that they carry off the back of that? And uh, I think spiritually you can feel quite out of your depth quite quickly when young people begin to talk about the fact that they've seen their dead whoever stood at the end of their bed for the last four weeks. And you, I've had these conversations regularly. Um, and knowing not only what to say, knowing how to set them free and introducing them to the person of Jesus in an experienced way off the back of that in a very real way, I think is something we as youth workers could really begin to get our heads around. Mm. Do you think that in, in youth work, we've maybe become a bit too, uh, it, maybe the word is uh, material. Um, uh, do you think that we uh, have maybe... Uh, forsaken our spirituality a little bit. I'm thinking about, you know, the ministry of Jesus and his yeah. um, journey with his disciples. 
that it was a, a deeply spiritual experience. There were healings, there were signs and wonders, there were people being set free from demons, you know, even people being raised from the dead. And this this kind of stuff was happening, you know, it was part of their normal experience of following Jesus. Do you, do you, do you think that we've kind of maybe lost a bit of, uh, of that, the, 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 I guess, the kind of supernatural being a normal part of our youth ministry and, and our walk with God? Yeah, I mean, I love C.S. Lewis's um, kind of play of screw tape letters where it talks about, you know, actually, as long as we're not aware of it, we're, that's the ideal place for us as Christians to be because we don't understand the power that we've got um, in Jesus. Um, I think you can go the other way equally. I think you can, you know, someone sneezes and you start sort of casting stuff out of them. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. not necessarily a helpful place to be. So yeah. I think we may be have lost our spiritual awareness a little. I think yeah. I've been reflecting recently on, I've been doing seminars on how to hear the voice of God and, and this idea of um, giving God your attention constantly. Yeah. And I think we don't often pay attention to what's going on spiritually. And yet at the same time, and this for me is as important as the, the last thing that we were just saying, um, how do we engage young people in that and not add it to the list of weird, scary, odd um terrifying experiences how do we make spirituality normal for young people and you know if, if we do suspect that they've been engaged in something spiritually unhealthy how do we not panic them terrify them make this horrendous like how do we for unchurched young people how do we make this uh, an accessible and normal conversation where you introduce somebody to the person of jesus yeah very good questions because uh, I think there is a there's a, a an unhealthy fear and an unhealthy weirdness, but then also there is a sense, you know, through the scripture where we see, um, you know, the normal response to the presence of God is I, you know, fell down on my face as though yeah. as though dead. I was fe- um, filled with fear and trembling, and there's this sense of the yeah. presence of God, um, and undoubtedly some of the things that we see the Lord do in the scripture that is miraculous is unusual. Um, And, you know, I think, you know, that perhaps the, the, the phrase that, you know, we, we've, we so often heard Mike Pilavachi Pilavachi use where he says, you know, God can be as weird as he wants to, but we don't have to be. There's something really important in that, isn't there? There is. God can do whatever he wants to, and it won't be normal. And it may, it may feel, a little bit scary even as we come into the presence of god who is so much mm. bigger and greater than us but that doesn't mean we have to be all mystical and no. mystifying and uh, and i think we'll we'll go on to talk about this a, a little bit later perhaps in the, the next podcast but when even when we talk about praying with young people as somebody who has been a christian for a very long time and actually speaks to unchurched young people a lot about god um even helping a young person to pray for the first time I hear what I say and realize how weird it is like I remember praying for a young person saying I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pop this hand on your shoulder because and then I couldn't finish the end of the sentence and so um so much of what we say uh is so alien and do to an unchurched young person yeah even what we consider normal is actually seemingly quite weird. And so the the intentionality of thinking through our language, thinking through accessibility yeah. is vital when it comes to this, I think. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Hey, just compare two stats for me. This has just occurred to me now as we've been speaking. I didn't think of this when I was hearing you present, but okay. give me the stat about the number of young people who've had some kind of experience of church 
Yes. Uh, and then compare that with the one you've just given us about, about the number of young people who've had some kind of spiritual experience. Okay. You're, you're really testing me on my, uh, on my ability to, to thumb through the research and knowing where stats are. So <laughs> it's like a little quiz for me. I'm enjoying it. Um, so yeah, we, so we asked the young people and it was all of the young people. Have you ever had any contact with a church? And 62% of young people said that they had. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I know uh, there's more to that that we'll talk about later, but 62% yeah. of young people had some kind of experience of church. Yeah, uh, and, then what and, was, then and it was 11% of young people that had said they'd had a spiritual experience. 11% said that they didn't know. Well, that's upsetting. <laughs> well, because yeah, I mean, what it's what it what it tells us is that a lot of young people have had experiences of church that have not been, in their view at least, in any way spiritual. Yes, I mean you so could what, throw into what, the mix of that then, Tim. How many young people say that they know somebody who's a Christian? uh and that will make that even more upsetting i think go on well while we're on a downer you may as well yeah, take us well, a little bit yeah. further into the ditch <laughs> fill us all with deep joy 63 percent of young people said that they knew someone who was a christian or a follower of jesus so it's not actually too far off of the church stat yeah um and so yet, I still 11 percent the challenge is there isn't it we've we've got to recapture something of this yes i agree not not in an unnecessarily weird you know way or or, or frightening frightening way but we've got to recapture something of the the supernatural presence and, and the yeah. power of god you know i've just been thinking a little bit over lockdown um one of the things that's interesting to me about what what's what's happened with youth ministry online mm is that obviously we 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 moved our youth ministries entirely online because we had to do that and in doing that we um we were able to stay in contact with our young people so you know of course we did that but the, i think the thing that i at least didn't see coming in doing that is that by putting ourselves online we've put ourselves in direct competition with countless other applications and notifications that are screaming for the attention of our young people mm. and i think one of my reflections on that is that you know our i guess kind of our entertainment based youth pro programs which i know you'll speak to later uh, and even kind of our online content um whilst in some ways can be helpful it can be and usually is outdone by the world in inverted mm. commas mm. but the world has no substitute uh, for the supernatural power of the holy spirit working in in and through the lives of ordinary christians in in radical communities that yeah. the world cannot imitate that that yeah. and, and so um sometimes i i just reflecting on uh, uh, as we try to be kind of in the world but not of the world um you know i wonder if the second part of that equation has gone missing a little bit to be not of the world um yeah. as jesus said my kingdom is not of this world and and yeah. actually you know all of this stuff about the supernatural power of god at work you know that's why they're called signs and wonders but not because they're they're something in and of themselves but because they are things and you see this again and again throughout scripture the result of the you know the miraculous at work in ordinary mm. people's lives is that they turn to jesus or the news about him spreads you you, you see that mm. over and over and over again and so i, I just do. think there really is something here for us isn't there to, to go yeah. after as youth leaders yeah and i do i do wonder even in our virtual world at the moment 
whether we are expecting too little of God. Because mm. as we look in the gospel, we see the Roman centurion who said, Jesus, you've not got to be there in person in order to do this. And so how many of us, honestly, in this last season have sat and waited at the end of a virtual thing for someone to be healed? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think God can do it without me being in the room. I know um, I've, I've heard stories from festivals where that has happened. And I think, of course, God can do that. Of course yeah. he can. But but I, I am allowing, I guess, my own expectation of my previous experience of social media, of online entertainment to shape what I'm expecting yeah. to do in this space. And so Very good. I think there is a, a spiritual temperature and that is the more, isn't it? That is the, we are not just people creating content. We are people following a living God who is capable of more than we can imagine. And so are we, are we seeking to push God in this uh, and go, okay, God, you can heal. Uh, yeah. let's see yeah. you do it you you can yeah. you know be in this and so are we actually being I don't know a bit spiritually lazy and copping out a little um yeah, yeah. in in yeah. expecting less of God because of the season we're in I don't yeah. know yeah but I, because of the season we're in but also when we are able to meet again I mean I mean we're only talked we've only talked about the first little bit here and I'm challenged <laughs> already <laughs> you know uh, I'm inspired already just to go to go after some of this stuff again because yes you know I think this is this is the stuff that makes us unique as the people of God um, yeah. and, and, you know, gives us something to offer that is unique to the world or actually to any other youth club that yes. are, you know, or experience that our young people could, could engage with. We, we've got to, we've got to move on. We could probably just yeah. talk about that for two podcasts, but yeah, uh, let, <laughs> let's just talk about for a minute uh, uh, about the experience that young people had of church, because there was one stat that when I was listening to you, I, I highlighted in, in, in bold because yeah. I found it um, very, very, very scary. Yeah. And that was that only 8% of the young people who'd had uh, some kind of experience of church viewed that experience positively. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, well, I don't, I'm not sure I can even quite, quite find the no. right word uh, no. for what that is, but it isn't good. That's for sure. No. What, 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 what do you think? Well, give us the, give us the full question and the, and the full stat there, and then let's talk about that and, and what your feeling is about why that might be. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we asked, and we, we touched on this a minute ago, have you ever had any contact with a church? 62% of young people said yes, 34% said no, and 4% said that they didn't know. Um, when we asked them what contact they had had, often 20% of young people had said that it was actually like a school's contact. So I went with school, uh, weddings, christenings, funerals, the kind of standard stuff. There was a few that were youth groups like um, scouts and guides, Sunday school, Christmas. It tends to be the kind of one-off hits. Now, there were a few young people in here that were churchgoers. Uh, there, there was a potential that that was the case. Um, but the most common views were that it was boring and that it was outdated and old-fashioned. Um, 8% said that they viewed it positively. 27% were actively negative in what they'd said. A huge percentage said that they didn't know. Um, and that's interesting because it's not that a huge percentage haven't had any contact. They just couldn't really place it. Um, but, but, yeah, the, there was a range of, of answers when we talked about, um, like, like we kind of offered them a space to type and a space to express for themselves in their own words um, mm. how they found it. And there were, there were all kinds of words, uh, boring, hungry for money, waste of time, a building where you pray, full of old people, dull, it's evil. Um, wow. Some people were, you know, very positive, like it's, it's a 
place of peace it's a place of worship so that it wasn't that it was entirely negative by any stretch but um that certainly was the stronger flavor in the answers mm. gosh gosh yeah. and, and what what do you put that down to uh what do you put that down to why do you think that is and what do you think is is the answer for us I know well, that's a humongous question yeah, <laughs> that I'm asking yeah. you there, but no, you're fine. I think um, I think we maybe underestimate the impact that the one-off stuff has on young people. So, right. what I mean by that is, for example, you have young people come into your, and I have done this. Like this, I was paid to do this. This was my employment. Like young people come into a church and you take them on a tour of your church and you show them what the church is about and you give them statistics and history and this is how we do this. And that's the RE requirement. That's why the teachers bring them. But then that is what they take away from that thing. Um, obviously, we, we used to talk about what we did in the community and, and, and everything, but... I think uh, you made an interesting point before when you, there's, there's no link really, if you look at the statistics between spirituality and a church visit. Um, yeah. It's a lot of it, um, a lot of the descriptive words, I guess were very stagnant words. So it being boring. So it's, it's the, the church becomes the building and the concept rather than the people. Um, and when the people are described, it's things like um, hungry for money, which is, which is a real shame. So I think we, I don't, I think we can be apologetic of our churches. And, and I would say, um, sure, there are many churches that could probably do with reposturing themselves a little bit more towards young people. I have no doubt. Um, but that doesn't mean that the people inside there are boring and dull and all of those things. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's a real challenge, I think. It, interesting what you said there, because obviously the way that that question is understood is, um, you know, that people think of a church, they don't think of the church, mm -hmm. by which I mean when you say church, and actually so many of us as Christians are guilty of this, they think of the institution of yes. church they think yes. of the building of church they think actually probably primarily of the sunday gathering of mm. church mm -hmm. but that isn't church no. the church is the people yeah. and uh, you know I'm, as you were just talking there I, you know i can't help but remember jesus you know at, at the at the last meal that he had with you know his disciples and he wanted to leave them with something you know ringing in their ears that they would remember mm. and he said by this will people know that you're yeah. my disciples, if you love one another. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder if actually, if, if, if it's our acts of compassion and kindness in serving and loving the community, mm. that will turn the dial on that rather than actually anything that we do in a service or yeah. a meeting. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, and at the same time, not just being good people either. Um, and so I think our last conversation has to fold into this conversation yeah. around what, what is the Jesus distinctive in this? We're yeah. Yeah. not just another positive community care provider, um, although we yeah. are because Jesus loves the community and so yeah. we want to do yeah. that, but it's word and deed. Um, and so how, how do we, and how do we help young people see that and engage in that? Um, how, do, how are we mindful? Do you know, I, I actually, 
this sounds uh, odd and that's fine. But I think even in terms of as we, the thing, things that we can do as youth leaders, as we run youth clubs and as we discipline young people, that is important in how they view church because I think um, in their mind, the young people running around youth clubs or whatever, just having fun and we're there telling them off, we're there, don't swing from that, don't hit that person, put that phone away, listen, pay attention. You can understand even where they have attended youth clubs where they would say it is boring, it is dull. And so actually, how do we even view discipline and disciplining young people um, as an act of discipleship um, and love um, young people are maybe climbing over the walls of the church who don't go to church they're vandalizing whatever it's not to say that we should let them do those things but how we address that is really important um, because again you are just a voice representing the church um, mm. Mm. yeah 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 really really interesting really helpful and um and, and 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 not just when when they come to us and and they're in our space, you know, whether that's the youth club or or the yeah. breakout group or, or or whatever it is, but also yeah. remembering that, you know, wherever wherever we are, the church is there. Yes. And so we are always God's ambassadors. We are yeah. always God's representatives in, in, yeah. in whatever space we're in. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we we can't professionalize Christianity, can we? Yeah. Because we're youth yeah. workers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things I think we talked about outside of this podcast is um, when you hear young people viewing the church as boring, what you want to do then is up the entertainment. You want to write bigger lights, bigger screens, more noise, more games, more mess. Um, and actually, as you read through this research and, and also what we've just spoken about, what young people are after is an authentic spiritual experience, an authentic encounter with a God who they want to see exists, want to know is there, want to know what this God is going to do about pain and suffering. And so I, I, uh, I com I'm completely behind the fact that church can be attractive, um, but that can't be all that it is uh, because actually that won't keep people beyond two months of being there. There needs to be spiritual substance um, and that's where you meet the boring, not with entertainment, but with spiritual awareness and spiritual engagement and in engagement with the person of Jesus, not just hearing about him. Mm. Oh, it's just so, so important. I, I wrote down uh, when I was listening to you present this originally, I, I wrote, you know, the answer is not entertainment, but encounter. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I just think that, that that's so important because again, like, you know, we can have the most, fun experience ever and there, you know there's there's nothing wrong with that in fact that's you know it's, it's a positive thing but you know if, if if that's all we have then again we're just in direct competition with yeah. the world who can you know in many cases do it better with yeah bigger budgets and better resources yeah but you know there's mm. there's no substitute for that that encounter i know mm. we're going around in a circle but it just keeps coming up doesn't it yeah it's exactly thing. hey yeah. one thing that i would love to highlight just in this section um before we move on to, to, the, to the next one, um, was around, I think we'd already touched on 63% of young people saying that they knew a Christian or a follower of Jesus. Um, and I think out of that, we then asked the young people a question. How, of those of you who know a Christian, how many of you have experienced 
that Christian, I guess, trying to share their faith with you. Um, and 44% of young people said, yes, they had. 51% said that they hadn't, which is an interesting stat in, in terms of for a discussion itself, that 51% of young people aren't seem to necessarily be sharing their faith. Mm. Um, but uh, then when a young person did share their faith with their friends, um, the statistic around the difference that that had made was was really, really high. I think it was, I'm just uh, quickly thumbing through to find exactly, but it was in the 60s, like maybe 63% of young people saying that where someone had shared their faith with them, it had made a huge difference. Um, and so I think for me, that is another massive one uh, around uh, like young people being encouraged to share their faith and not only share their faith, but share a spiritual experience as well. Um, share Jesus. And again, as we've just said, not oh. just talk about Jesus, but introduce them to him. So important. So, so important, Lauren. Ah, you know, what I'm thinking about here is that the... Um, you've you've talked to me before about how sometimes as youth leaders we're not too sure how to introduce someone to Jesus. You know, share the gospel, give them the opportunity to respond, and so we wait for the for the limitless festival moment to be able to do that. We bring uh, them, then we take preach. them to that. But then, yeah. the, but then the youth, but then the young person is also thinking, I'm not sure how to lead my friend to Jesus, share Jesus, introduce them, you know, uh, yeah. to God. And so I'll wait. What I'll do is I'll bring them to my youth group. Yeah. so that they can they can do that there yeah um that is so limiting yes. to the multiplication of the gospel we don't like that limitless no <laughs> we do not because <laughs> because it, it's it's a funnel isn't it it's yeah. a really tight it is. funnel it is. um where like the opportunities for people to respond to the gospel are so small and narrow what we think yes. what we must be doing in you know in response to that statistic i think is equipping every believer every follower of jesus within our yeah. youth ministries and churches with the simple yeah. tools yeah. sharing the gospel and leading somebody to jesus yeah that's how the gospel spreads that how the not through professionals putting on great yeah. events mm-hmm. like if we think that events are the, uh, is going to be the answer to people responding to the gospel we are yeah. severely barking up the yeah. wrong tree yeah that can be an aid and a help but it cannot be the only way young people respond to no. the gospel no it has to be through everyday followers of jesus yeah knowing how to share their faith knowing how to lead young people to Jesus, we've got to look at how mm. we equip, you know, one another to do that and our young yeah, people. Yeah, and I think it's, some of it goes into what we were saying before as well around the supernatural. Do, do, if you said to your young, any of your youth group, how many of you feel confident that you could pray for healing for a friend of yours in school? How many of them would genuinely feel confident in doing oh, that? So good, um, so good. I think, I think and we're, we're almost keeping this thing to ourselves and, and it's exactly what you said about like multiplying it. I think putting uh, in the hands of young people, not only how to talk about Jesus, but to demonstrate the power of Jesus yes. in their yes. schools is really, really important. And I've, uh, I've, I flicked through, I found the stats. Um, 51% of young people said that, um, what did they, what did, so it was, what did, what, did what they shared with you influence your thoughts on God? 51% of young people said yes. So for a young person, every, for every friend that you share Jesus with, one in two, it makes a difference to them. So we then asked, how does it influence you? And the influence was 
almost totally positive. Um, wow, wow. They said, made me want to learn more and read the Bible. They introduced me to Jesus and changed my life in a good way. Um, there were a couple that were negative. So there was a couple that were kind of, I, I want to think for myself, not just I'm told to think. But yeah. more answers were like, they made me think about Jesus and Christianity more. They made me want to read the Bible. But I think young people don't understand the power and influence that they have, not only with their influence, but then if we can enable them to experience not only talk about, but supernaturally um, engage their friends with the person of Jesus. I think, I think that young people couldn't possibly understand the difference that they could make. Um, mm. Our good friend Darren, uh, Darren McClatchy, he he really challenged myself and my husband Andy when he was saying, you know, if a young person in his youth group brings someone to their youth group and that young person hasn't already told them about the person of Jesus and he will challenge them and say, why are you waiting for me to tell them about Jesus? That's your job. You're yeah. their friend. Um, and I think we are, we are so used to leaving that to somebody else. And I think that's yeah. a real concern for me. Um, I'm processing festivals a lot at the moment. I'm writing, a, I'm writing a talk for a youth group. And the thing that God just keeps reminding me about in terms of festivals is that in the Old Testament, when we have, when, when, when God gives a command for regular festivals, the idea of the festival is to celebrate what God has already done. That's right. Not to wait to go to that festival for God to do something. That's it. That's um, it. That's and it. I think, I think we, we, we can get it a little bit wrong. Yeah yeah the wrong way around almost yeah. yeah oh yeah that's so good and actually you know i remember that there was the talking jesus research that came out a couple of years ago and i think it was and i know the question is framed slightly differently here but it was yeah. one in five wanted to know more yeah. when you paired with them and so you know where you're saying here it's one in two in this research that can only be an encouraging thing and you know uh, again just puts that uh i guess that mandate over us to be equipping our young people with the tools to be able to do that effectively, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the statistics around are you interested? So I think the one question that we asked was, are you interested in finding out uh, about faith and spirituality? And what's really interesting in the results that we found is that uh, the statistics are actually much higher now than they were four years ago. Um, when young people were asked that same question, much like many more young people were interested in finding out more about God. Um, and there were a lot more, a lot fewer people, sorry, saying a firm no, they wouldn't be. Um, and so those, instead of those statistics, they were very much heading in, in a direction that it's I good. was quite encouraged by. It's good. The harvest is plentiful. Let's uh, mm. pray, for, pray for workers in the harvest and yeah. equip workers in the harvest as well. Okay, yeah. one, one more on spiritual awareness, Laura. And, that's, that's, Do it. Uh, and this was an interesting one for me because you reflected on this differently to how okay. I reflected on this. And that Do was... It. Um, that you asked young people, was Jesus a real person, a real person who actually lived in history? And 53% and said, yes, he was. 24% mm -hmm. said they didn't know if he was or he wasn't. Yeah. And 23% said, no, he wasn't a real person who existed in history. You took that really positively, right? Yeah. Tell yeah. me why. Um, because I think... I think once somebody has established the fact that they believe Jesus exists, it leads to a much more interesting question around who is he? Yes. Uh, and obviously we did ask that question. I'm sure we're going to get there. Um, but I think the, the question of who Jesus is 
lead to some fascinating conversations, particularly really around what we've already talked about around the supernatural, around um, all of those kinds of things. So, and like, would you, would you be willing to allow this Jesus to like show himself to you? Uh, I think that conversation with a young person is a fascinating one. And so you could look at that and go, well, there was, you know, a fairly high statistic around people uh, that weren't sure about Jesus. I mean, again, 53% said yes, 24% said they were unsure. And so I'll take unsure for a conversation. Like, that's not a no. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for me, I found, I felt that it was a real encouragement that 50, 70, 78%, that was me doing maths, 78% of young people were either yes or warm to that mm. conversation, I found that really encouraging because that is an interesting basis for, for, for another level of conversation with them. Okay, well, you're winning me over a little bit, but let me tell Come you why, uh, why I, I didn't take it like that. And okay. uh, it's not because I'm a pessimist, honestly. Like, I'm a glass okay, half sure. full kind of guy, sure, I promise, sure, I, sure. Promise, sure. I promise. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's because, like, I don't know why this is even a question. That's mm. why. Because, you know, it, so if you ask the young person, you know, was Julius Caesar a person who lived in history? Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, 99.9% would say, yeah, well, of course he was because of the way that we teach about Julius Caesar. But the fact is, and it is a fact that there is more historical and verifiable evidence for the life of Jesus than virtually any other person in the whole of antiquity. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is beyond, you know, who he is, is, is a little bit up for debate. I get that. But the fact that he lived really is not. And I wonder if, if the reason, you know, for that is because we teach Jesus in RE, not history. Yeah. 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 And so young people therefore understand him as, as a religious figure, perhaps, yeah. therefore, perhaps, uh, uh, therefore a mythical figure. Hmm. Um, whereas actually, you know, it, it, perhaps not in terms of the religiosity, but certainly in terms of the influence of Jesus, we should be teaching him in our history classes, not yes. in our RE classes, because he was a figure who lived in history and because he was without, without doubt the most influential figure who's ever lived in terms yes. of how cultural paradigms changed and uh, upon his influence. And so yes. I, think, I think for me it was like, why is why is this even up for discussion? So, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So weirdly, for the same reason, for me, it was an encouragement because I think you are exactly right. They young people think of him as a re- religious figure, possibly a myth rather than a historical one. Yeah. And um, it, I mean, it was in the stats. Thirty-five percent of young people said that they don't ever think about spirituality and faith. Uh, as you look through this research, the percentage of answers that are "I just don't know," like. God, spirituality, faith is just not on the radar of so many young people. And so with that as your starting point, with Jesus being taught as a, another sort of mythology figure, um, for only 23% of young people to say no, when that is the case, is an encouragement for me. I, I would be shocked if you spoke to those 23% of young people and they all knew that there was more evidence for Jesus than Julius. Yeah. I, doubt, I doubt they know that. And so it's such a low stat uh, when Jesus is so misrepresented and yeah. so underthought about. I kind of think, oh, I'll take that. I'll give it a shot because I reckon they haven't got all the information. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think... 
you know, the, 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 it, I was saying to you before we started recording, you know, seeing that stat, it inspired me to write a talk for your church that I'm doing mm. soon on that basis um, to actually engage that conversation, uh, you know, about the evidence for the life of Jesus, for the death of Jesus, and most importantly of all, uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that maybe this stat points to the fact that this, this is a great thing for us to be able to talk about you know, in terms mm. of our apologetics on the life, death, and resurrection of, of Jesus, the evidence for that, the historicity of that, a yeah. great conversation again. Yeah. And, and the beautiful, beautiful doorway that you then have to go, this isn't just history. Let me show you supernaturally. Let me demonstrate to you what Jesus can do for you now. Mm. Let me heal that leg. Let me, <laughs> you yeah. know, let's pray for that thing. Let's, let's, let's ask Jesus to fill you with peace right now. That, that, that prayer, that action point off the back of the resurrection conversation, it's, it's, yeah yeah poetry so good so good well laura we've talked a, a, a lot about that one so i tell you what we're gonna we're gonna wrap up our first podcast there maybe this will become uh, <laughs> maybe this will become four podcasts i, I don't okay. know i'm sorry Tim. i I'm don't sorry. know but no there is just so much good stuff there and i've certainly taken away a lot from it so laura uh, thank you uh, for joining us today uh, and to all of you who are listening uh, thank you uh, for downloading uh, the Limitless Leadership Podcast. If, if this has been a conversation that's been helpful, please do share it. Uh, don't forget to, to hit the subscribe button so you can hear our next uh, conversation with Laura. And, and Laura, just before we sign off, one more time very quickly, uh, how can people get hold of the full research to look over that for themselves? Yeah, so if you go to yfc.co.uk forward slash faith and spirituality, you can pick it up there. Laura, thank you so much, and we will see you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Wait, don't turn off the podcast just yet, because I've got to remind you about Limitless Oxygen 2020 on the 10th of October with John Mark Comer, with Pete and Laura Toggs, with Kenda Creasy-Dean, and a whole load more. It's going to be an amazing day. And listen, we don't want you to just tune in on your own. We want you to find a way to gather with your team whether that's in person safely socially distanced or online because we want you to talk together about the implications of the teaching on your youth and or children's ministry so remember it's totally free totally free but you do have to register so head over right now to limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash oxygen where you can register your place it's going to be such a great time together can't wait to see you there but thank you for everything you're doing to invest in children and young people you're a hero i'll see you next time on the limitless leadership podcast